Welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. It is. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 416 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb, and my good pal Sean Orford. You're right, Sean? I am. Just that I've called this one 417. So it's oh, you know what? It might be is actually. It, for, it is 417. You know, I think it might actually be 417. Let me just go on the website. And yeah, see. it is. Uh, yeah, all right. 417, flip your neck. I thought I was losing my marbles. Though. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is. Lipinek. All right. My apologies, dear listeners. All right. It's easy to get confused when you've done so many episodes and dished out so much free advice and wisdom over the years, eh? Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and yeah, and it's all available to listen back, livingthepresent.co.uk, if you should so wish. Uh, and yeah, don't forget to put your email address in the box on the homepage to get your free meditation files and weekly alerts for the show as well. Um, yeah, what you've been up to, Sean? Uh, life treating you okay? Yeah, my life is good. My how about life is good and the sun is shining? It is, yeah, on and off. It's getting there, isn't it? Um, how how's life on planet Earth for your clients and people that are coming to you for for health? How are we? How are they integrating back into society? S- slowly, slowly. And and one of the things is, and people say, if I say these things out loud, they say you're just being negative. But I I think that it's going to be a good year before we're over this so that's my you know all the psychological stuff and i think some of the some of the emotional stuff might last longer than that too so yeah we will have to see but we're getting there we're getting there that's the thing you know um and uh if you look at the strife and the troubles going on in the world um you know there is a lot of negative stuff going on out there Mm-hmm. And hopefully we will stay out of it and not get involved. So, yeah. Uh, too much to keep up with, to be honest. I can't keep up with everything at the moment. It's just uh, yeah. it's crackers. But uh, we're talking today about competition, which we have done on and off a few times over the years. But just um, I can't remember what triggered it for me. This was one that I suggested. But just trying to mm-hmm. wrestle with the idea of competi- competition versus cooperation and whether or not we can eliminate competition entirely or if it's just inbuilt well, you, so. you you were talking about louise hamilton louise or lewis lewis did i say louise <laughs> i think you did yeah There's that's probably. his sister no, <laughs> yeah lewis hamilton, louis hamilton um yeah he's well he, he's an in, i was just talking about formula one in general because despite my uh hatred of the four-wheeled monster um that lurks our streets um I do still like Formula One, just kind of, it's just built into my psyche to watch Formula One when it's on the telly and because I've done it since I was a kid. But it's, I do find it fascinating still, okay, from an engineering point of view and the politics of it all as well. But it's a very, 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 very competitive um, sport. Um, and I guess that compet- that kind of competitive nature within it uh is is kind of necessary really because it's not just about the drivers and you know being the best driver that's only half the battle really it's the the kind of the the cars themselves the vehicles that are kind of teams against each other and they're constantly 
shaving, you know, fractions of a second off lap times and making the rear wings and the front wings that little bit lighter or like smoother. And it's, it's unbelievable really the technical side of things. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think formula one could exist without that competitive element. And when you think about how that follows into our lives, you know, as, as human beings, I wonder whether we need competition despite its drawbacks and the, the fact that you do create losers inverted commas um can be avoided so yeah what, what are your thoughts because you have written you have written about this in the past haven't you yeah i mean when people look at competition it, it's about uh it's competition to the detriment of others i mean you're you're saying about okay formula one the scientific and engineering breakthroughs that happen feed through into um everyday cars i guess um and the same will be true because isn't there an electric f1 as well now Formula E, yeah, correct. Yeah, mm -hmm. that formula, not as FE, not F one. Okay, um, so the um, the the thing is that what they learn will feed through into electric um, cars for the rest of us, I guess. But if you look at things like the war, the amount of breakthroughs that were made in the Second World War, both in medicine and in engineering and stuff like that, were huge. You know, yep. The invention of the, of the jet engine, all that kind of stuff, all came from there. And it's mm -hmm. like, and submarines, all those kind of things were developed and expanded, and you know, because yeah. of there was a need. Yeah. And again, same with the, the space race in the, the 50s and 60s. I mean, that, that was kind of a continuation of kind of rocket lessons learned from World War II, like weaponry, wasn't it? That kind of. Yeah. The, but then there was a competition between. You know the Russians and the Americans. Who's going to do it first? So now we have the Chinese are up there doing stuff as well. So how does that affect the Russians and the and the Americans? They need to kind of get in and do more because you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see competition as being useful in that sense, but it drives things forward. Yeah. The bit I find difficult is when competition turns into negativity. You know, uh, and that can be my God's better than your God. Therefore, we're going to go to war and have a, a religious war. And, um, you know, that kind of thing. And that, that to me is wrong. Um, or the idea that um, fashion, in a way, can be a competition. You know, I've got the best shoes. I've got the best handbag. Um, but it could also be, I've got the best forehead and the best lips. You know, so you get, get kind of people not being satisfied with who they are because the competition is to look better. And to me, that's all really kind of negative stuff. I don't like all that bit about the competition, you know? Yeah, I mean, how do you even start to counter stuff like that? Because I would agree, you know, and I, like the level, um, I don't know, the level of effort that mainly, I guess, ladies go to to kind of make themselves look good, inverted commas, especially young girls that kind of, you know, when I was 18, 19 and started going out into Liverpool, uh, for a night out, uh, you know, we all kind of try and do our best to kind of look look the part, um, and it seems to kind of reached quite extreme levels <laughs> recently. Like judging by some of the sites I've seen out and about, in terms of yeah, that mm. that perfect uh, set of lips and eyes and that, and eyelashes. Uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know if lads these days find that attractive, or they kind of just kind of looking at each other going what, what's going on there um but yeah it's that kind of i guess there is a sense of competition there isn't there mm. yeah and to me that's that's not good competition 
you know, the idea that it's okay to be who you are, whether you're short, fat, tall, thin, whatever, you know, um, if you can be okay with who you are rather than needing, looking at the person next to you. I've seen it in yoga classes where people are supposed to be chilling out and someone's trying to get into position, they're watching the person next to them and they're kind of forcing themselves to do it more and actually putting more tension into their system rather than taking it out, you know. And that, that to me, that's madness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, in terms and, of... And, oh, go on. No, I was going to say, the, the family here are all football freaks and um, they <laughs> shout and scream at the, uh, the screen, you know, get it in, all this kind of stuff and, and get really angry you know, if one lot win and the other, because this lot are both red and blue, you know, so whoever wins, someone's going to be unhappy. And that, that, that's, it. that's one of the stupid things about competition for me, is more people end up unhappy than happy. I don't get it. Mm. No. And uh, I'm, I obviously it makes sense to lots of people because they do it. No. I mean, there, there is, in terms of like down to a cellular level, there is a level of competition in like, in the evolution of creatures on planet earth isn't there not just humans but you know every every living organism has outcompeted you know a certain other organism to kind of be that dominant species and you know, like we're, well, we're... I, I have a bit of a, i have a bit of a disagreement with that i think that you can look at evolution that way but you can also look at evolution as cooperation mm. You know, it's like your gut is full of loads and loads of bacteria that all have the ability to be themselves, but they decide to come and live in your gut because they work with us. So we take um, probiotics to feed those bacteria because it's more good bacteria, not bad bacteria, um, all that kind of stuff. And we evolve together. And like most of the things on the planet evolve together. So one of my things always is we evolved particularly with rats, pigs, and dogs. And the common thing that we all have is we'll all eat anything. <laughs> yeah. We're not specialized. We'll eat anything to survive. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if you look at more specific things, like a hummingbird can only um, get the, their nectar from a particular flower because the flower and the hummingbird have evolved together to serve each other's needs. And that's cooperation. That's not competition. Mm. Yeah. I think competition is a human thing about let's burn down the forest, sod the animals because we're better than they are and we have the right to go in and take their homes and, and there because we are, you know, top of the tree. Mm. Yeah. And one of the problems is as soon as someone sees themselves as being top of the tree, everybody else is below them. They're beneath them, aren't they? And if you burn the tree down, yeah, you're in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> if you, well, yeah. so you, you, one day you'll run out of trees, which is where we're headed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you look at someone like like a Trumpy, who I mean, imagine saw himself or sees himself as the top of a tree, and that he can demand that other people do things like a like a monarch, because you know I am the top. You know, I I in the terms of the competition, I am the top. Mm. everything else is beneath me you know yeah and to me that's all, all very very wrong yeah i mean we've had the we've had vaccines rolled out in the last six months or so haven't we and there was obviously yeah as soon as this virus um poked its head above above the water and um, there was a mad dash to to find a fix for it and there, were, there was various fixes obviously one of which is kind of stopping the transmission by you know, stopping people meeting, which is 
reasonably successful, uh, depending on your viewpoint. And then the second is that kind of that the vaccine, the medicine that you inject. Um, so, and there was a huge amount of competition, I assume, to be the first to get there, you know, and there, uh, there will have been huge economic incentives dished out by governments to, to be the first. So is that, is that a case where competition is a, is a healthy thing for it to kind of get things going or how do you view that? But wouldn't it have been nice if people's competitive drive was because they wanted to save humanity rather than they wanted to put money in the bank? You know what I mean? So like, yes, there may be a competitive situation, but what's the driver behind it? You know, do I want to be first because I want to clean up and get all the dodge? Or do I want to be first because I want to help save humanity? You know, and, and that's the thing. It's like most competition is negatively based, mm. you know. I, uh, I didn't read that much about it, but there was a guy, wasn't there? And it, I think it was a husband and wife team that owned one of the vaccine companies. It might have been Pfizer. I'm not sure, but he was quite, he seemed like quite a, he's a billionaire, but quite down to earth. And he still cycles to work and stuff like that. And mm. uh, he didn't seem to be, that money motivated for the vaccine. He seemed to be wanting to do it to kind of, you know, to, to find a solution so that people can see their families again, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that to me is, is a positive competitive drive. You know, I, I want to achieve this so that, you know, so what, so that I can have a bigger yacht or more money in the bank or, or is it so that the world can be a better place? You know, what, what is it that it's about? Mm. Um, and and I'd, I guess that an F1 or an FE um, race is a kind of fairly benevolent kind of competitive process. You know, people aren't getting killed in the process. You could say that they used the track and they took out Habitat for the world and they're putting nasty cameras. You could say all that kind of stuff. But in terms of human beings... From a competitive point of view, it's fairly kind of neutral, you know, and that's very different to um, wanting to have the biggest bomb. You know, there was a thing in the Imperial War Museum in London where there were two bombs beside each other, obviously deactivated bombs, um, but one was, this is the biggest bomb that the Germans ever dropped. And then next to it was a bomb that was like three or four times the size. This is the biggest bomb that the Allies ever dropped. <laughs> you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So, and, and everyone's going, yeah, well, yeah, showed them there, didn't we? You know, that kind of stuff. You know, we, we could kill more of them than they could kind of us. Is that a good competition? You know? Mm-hmm. And it, it's like that, um, you know, they used to call it mad, mutual assured destruction. Now, our nuclear arsenal, arsenal will take you lot out. But in the process... We take us out as well. It's it's like mutually assured we're all going to die. You know. Yeah, well, that's the that's the, the thesis of the Doctor Strangelove. You ever seen that movie? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Love <laughs> 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 it. Yeah. I've seen that in years. What what a film that was. But yeah, that's it. It's the kind of idea that we kind of no one wins. You know, we we all die or. No one dies or we all die, that kind of thing. But Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of blog posts I'm going to link to in the show notes, one of which is about talking about how life with competition is life without progress, which is quite a bullshit um, article, which is worth reading for that point of view. And then there's another one which talks about eight reasons why people without um, without heart compete. Um, oh, no, that's not right. Hang on, let me just, uh, let me just pull up the article again because it's quite an interesting one. Life hack. 
www.thepodcast.org. Why people without a heart to compete are the rivals you can't underestimate. So it talks about, you know, usually in business, in the world of business, it's about being quite cutthroat and, you know, um, you're just going for it, whatever the cost and, you know, taking out all your competitors. Whereas this article says that, um, yeah, you need to think, think more about how if you're less competitive, you could, you could do better and how it's, 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 the, it's those people in business, which ultimately are the winners. So it talks about how they are less ego driven, less stressed. They hold less jealousy in their hearts. They wish success on others as well. So they kind of want other businesses to do well so that they can do better, et cetera. And they believe that success can be shared. Um, and yeah, that kind of calmer, more mindful outlook on life can lead, lead to kind of success for everyone or a greater number of people at least. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my thing about if we all look after each other, we're all going to be okay. Um, you know, maybe we need to be competitive, but I can look after more people than you. That'd be good, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. If we could do that positively. You know, I can bring fresh water to more people. Than, you know. um, <laughs> that, that to me would be kind of crazy, but, but a more positive idea of competition, as opposed to I can create more plastic bags than you. I can cut down more trees in an hour than you can. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, it's we're we're gonna have another year where the sports day at school is well it's it's on this year but parents aren't able to go and cheer their kids from the sideline which I've done a few times and uh, it's always it's all you know even I kind of get that sense when my lad is kind of in that row of kids in the race to kind of egging them on to to win so uh, what what kids what's going through a kid's mind do you think when they're on that starting line they've been you know, forced to by the teacher to go and line up with their mates and kind of have a race. Is that a healthy thing or not? Well, I think it depends on uh, on things like parents, doesn't it? It's like um, if you're saying to your child, and you better win, you know, then the, the, you're driving this kind of negative competitive drive. You know, that there was always this thing when I was a kid, which people said but didn't actually enact, which was... Um, it's not winning, it's taking part that counts. Yeah, which is kind of true. But no one actually believed it when they said it. It was what you said to people that had lost and were feeling like a bag of crap. So you could say, it wasn't the winning, it was the taking part that was the important thing, to try and make them feel better. That's what it was about. Yeah. Um, and that isn't a particularly positive message, is it? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just it's fascinating stuff really so i think in conclusion if, if we can call it that competition i guess is is kind of hardwired into us in, in one way or another and if we kind of if we try to compete on for things that are pushing civilization forward as opposed to maybe having a flashier car than the than our neighbors and that kind of thing that the competition can be a good thing yeah but i, I think i told you a couple of episodes ago about um people i'd worked with who were in a state of distress because they were the only people in their road that only had one car and everybody else had two. And they were feeling really sort of socially deprived by this because they couldn't afford another car. And they stuck out like a sore thumb and everybody knew that they were just poor and pathetic. Yeah. um, We've got some neighbours that have, they've got three cars now, even though we, we don't, none of us have driveways. So they're obviously all 
all our cars are just littered around the nearest you know parking spot on the street but yeah mm. the, one of the cars i think has been like it's not taxed anymore i don't think because it's just like lying there and there's like grass growing through the the alloy the wheel <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there, why it's why it's there anymore, or whether it's there for to show that they've got three cars instead of two or one. Even we've only got one. Oh, imagine the horror! Yeah, I don't know how you could, could look me in the face, Smoker. The uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it's interesting since um, my car has has been written off, um, and we've had to share a car. I haven't really missed having a vehicle because the vehicle is always there when I need it to go and do what I need to do. Um, so maybe we'll end up where we just use the uh, the camper van as our car between us, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I won't go into that. But yeah. Interesting times. What's your resource, Sean? Med- meditation, I think, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's like turn down the volume. Like when, when everything is kind of full blast, go, 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 got to get, got to stop. And, and the easiest way to stop is to meditate, whether you use Headspace or Calm or any of the apps. Just spend some time every day just stopping. And it's, it's like resetting your system so that the things that are driving you forward with such a frenzy just calm down and it relaxes. You know? So then you can see the world through the other end of the telescope. You know? It's just a bit easier. You know? Cool. All right. But uh, uh, I, th- I think it, it's, it takes... Um, a bit of time to be able to meditate but if you're competitive you could have a competition with yourself to see how many minutes you could sit yeah. um yeah blimey all right cool i'll, I'll link to well i'm going to say people can download our free meditation files can't they by uh sticking their email address yeah, yeah. The box, so. but it, it, if you if you book up for something like headspace then um it goes on forever doesn't it yeah you know all right because um, there's a competition I'll... in the meditation apps world isn't there there as is. to who's got the best app and has the most followers and yeah there subscribe. is indeed yeah calm calm.com used to be one i used to follow and keep an eye on uh, yeah interesting yeah. uh cool i'll link to a, a movie called moneyball which is um a brad pitt film about uh, yeah a guy a, a manager of an american football team no baseball sorry baseball isn't it and he, he tried to compete on different terms so he had a very different idea of what of how to win at baseball and it was much more kind yeah. of maths maths based and he, he kind of selected all these players that everyone thought was were like really rubbish cheap players that no other team wanted and he put this motley crew of, of players that, mm. that fit together perfectly and made this team that no one else had spotted uh so yeah it's a really cool yeah. film so uh yeah yeah on the day just to, okay just to um cool all right sure that sounds good yeah uh, all done yeah that is Have cool you have a good week and I'll catch up with you next time, eh? Yeah, you take care. See you later. See you now. Bye. Bye.